Welcome to Lead Pods, the official leadership podcast from USMB for pastors and church leaders, where our goal is to increase our impact together. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the USMB Lead Pods. My name is Matt Ayersman, and again, I say this every week, but I'm grateful for you spending some time with us today. So thank you for listening wherever you are. We've got a fun one today. I'm excited to introduce many of you to Nzuzi Mukawa. And as I told him early on in this episode, I think he wins the award of the coolest name uh, of our USMB Lead podcast so far. Um, he is a le- USMB leader in the Congo in Africa, and he's just a delightful guy. Um, I think you're really going to enjoy getting to know him if you don't know him already. One thing that I've learned over the years, I've gone to on a couple of different mission trips. I've been in, I don't know, five or six different countries, and every time I interact with someone who lives abroad somewhere, I'm always reminded of a couple of things. Um, first of all, that the world is different, um, and Zuzi's world is different than most of ours who live in the U.S., and it's kind of cool to hear their experiences and learn from them and acknowledge the cultural differences, and I really do think we have a lot to learn from each other, so that's um, a cool thing to take away from this conversation. But at the same time, despite all the differences, um, I'm also just reminded how everyone really is extremely similar. Um, we all have the same wants and needs and desires in life. Uh, for followers of Christ, we follow the same God. And it was even interesting to hear him talk about how his church and his community has been affected by COVID. You know, for all the differences and living on different <laughs> different sides of a very large body of water, Uh, we still have so much in common. And so it was just kind of a cool reminder for me um, as part of this conversation. So I think you're really going to enjoy Nzuzi. Um, I did want to say up front too, a couple times, um, Nzuzi mentioned a phrase, diaspora. And I have to admit that was a word that I was not familiar with. And so I had to look it up and we we give a definition kind of late in the episode. But I wanted to kind of give you a heads up um, that we will explain what that means um, eventually, but I wanted to give you a heads up that uh, we, we dive into some terminology I wasn't familiar with, but uh, just be patient and we'll, we'll get to um, explaining some of those terms. So anyway, thanks again for being here. And after a quick break, we'll introduce you to Nzuzi Mukawa. Deciding on the right college is a big deal. At Fresno Pacific University, we get it. We're a private nonprofit Christian university where your academic success is our priority. Our Mennonite Brethren roots run deep, from the classroom to the field. Professors connect you to research and internships. Financial aid makes your education affordable. And with our four-year guarantee, you'll graduate on time to launch your career. All right, well, thank you for those of you who are joining us for this conversation. Uh, Today, I'm excited to be talking with Pastor Nzuzi Mukawa. And I think you, congratulations, Nzuzi. I think you've officially have the coolest name out of all the guests that we've had on this (laughs) (laughs) I hope I'm not not saying it horribly, horribly wrong, but um, Uh, Nzuzi, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Yes, Mm -hmm, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. It's it's an honor to talk with you. So through the the miracle of technology, I am in Wichita, Kansas. It's 10 o'clock in the morning here. And in Zuzi, I, th- I think you said it's 4 o'clock in your, in your time zone. You're joining us from Congo. So exactly. greetings from across the ocean to you, my friend. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> so, Zuzi, we had a few minutes to talk before we started recording here. And I know, um, of course, you were scheduled to speak at our convention in Kansas City. 
weren't, you know, that wasn't able to happen this year with everything going on. But um, for people who don't know you yet, why don't you give us a little bit of background about who you are and what you're doing there in the Congo? Okay, my name is Nzuzi Mukawa, and uh, I am, uh, of course, uh, uh, I live here in Kinshasa, DRC, and um, I am married to Chantal Mukawa, that's my wife, and we have uh, three children, and all of them are in the U.S. currently, uh, Ozana, uh, Jire, and uh, Trigo, the, 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 uh, Ozana and uh, Jire have graduated from uh, uh, Fresno Pacific University. University. So our youngest is still, you know, in that process. And here in Kinshasa, I am uh, in um, education. I mean, leadership development. I train uh, young missionaries in a school of world mission here. I'm also involved in a local church as one of uh, the pastors in the team. And uh, I'm also a missionary with Multiply here. So that's what I do by God's grace. Wow. So you got just a couple of things to keep you busy, huh? It sounds like you've got a full plate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. <laughs> so for a lot of people listening, um, a lot of people have never been to the Congo. I know you've spent quite a bit of time in the U.S., so you know much more about our culture than we do about yours. Um, so tell us, what what does your your church, your day-to-day life look like? Maybe how does it differ from what we're life in the states that we might be used to? Okay, Um Let's say uh, the most important thing for us, uh, you know, we tend to privilege our relationship with the Lord. So we begin early in our devotion, you know, seek the Lord and uh, in uh, prayer and also in uh, scripture, uh, you know, Bible study. And then uh, after that, uh, you know, we just uh, try to eat uh, something for our breakfast and then we go, you know, we go teaching God's words, uh, you know, try to fulfill all our uh, responsibilities in the local churches or uh, uh, where in um, radio ministries or wherever we go or helping the poor, the needy and the helpless in any way, you know, try to share the gospel in words and in the deeds and then uh, around you know afternoon we come back to our you know places uh, homes and then just uh, relax a little bit and then thank God and for everything he has accomplished uh, through the day so that's what we tend to do by God's grace on a daily basis okay awesome mm. yeah, I've done a little bit of research and I know is, is Christianity the, the main religion there in the Congo Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's say 80% of the people, you know, are quote-unquote uh, Christians. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. That's, that's the main. But besides that, uh, we have also like the Muslim, that's a little bit of percentage. And then uh, also people are, who are following, um, you know, traditional uh, religions also, just a, a little, just a uh, percentage, but mainly it's a Christian country. Okay. Cool. And one thing that not everyone listening probably knows is that actually the DR Congo is the second largest MB conference in the world out of 20 some countries, uh, second only to India. So there's a lot of MBs running around in Congo. Exactly. In the U.S. So can you give us some history? Do you know, like, how did you get to the point where that has grown so much over the years? Okay. um, I begin with the missionaries uh, strategy. 
Okay. Uh, since they came, uh, they focused on um, mission station. That was like a place where they deployed, where they equipped people, and then they send them, you know, into various villages. And uh, second, uh, they worked hard on a leadership development. So they trained uh, local people in a very... I mean, uh, context so that they take the gospel. They give them education at low level so that they, they be able to, to reach their own people. So I said the mission station, leadership development, and then third, the church planting. So those who were trained were sent to go and plant churches. And then fourth, they use uh, Christian literature, of course, translated into local languages, of course. And then fifth, they use also Bible translation into local languages. And then uh, they were able also to use radio. And uh, besides that, uh, uh, medical services. So they opened uh, hospitals and all of that to meet the people's needs. And then of course, diaconal uh, services in uh, here. I, I say community development and agricultures and uh, schools, all of that. So this is how they uh, developed the church. And then when they left, now uh, I'm going to share what uh, the uh, the Congolese, uh, the current MB Church uh, have adopted as a strategy. I believe their success, their success is uh, uh, mainly depending on a few things, including uh, uh, the structure. They have a very good uh, structure that they have established to manage the church. Though the church is run from the national to conferences, districts, as well as local churches. So this brings a unity, and from from these unities and the churches being very well managed, I think that's a part, uh, the first thing I see as a part of their success. The second approach they see that is helping them is, of course, evangelism, uh, discipleship training, uh, church planting, leadership development, of course, they are also involved in peace and reconciliation, and they're using also Christian literature, and uh, of course, uh, uh, services as a school, uh, community development, all of that. And uh, the other uh, uh, thing that I see is what I call their missional engagement. So they are really well engaged in the mission. They've been able to reach their own people, you know, the enriched group here in the Congo, and then took the gospel beyond the Congo in Angola, South Africa. And today they have sent also missionaries with uh, the help of the German church to Cote d'Ivoire. So, and so um, beyond the mission engagement, also I see their partnership engagement with uh, the Mennonite world. And here you see the uh, Mennonite World Conference, uh, ICOMB, and then multiply. So they are also keen on seeing themselves like, you know, that they belong to the, the, the broader body of Christ and try to, to work together. But lastly, 
the, the secret of uh, what God is doing here is the involvement of women. You know, they took the ministry of women seriously. Women are uh, ordained and they are uh, in the churches, the pastors, and doing all kind of work as men. So I believe this is what has been a little bit of a secret, that they've been able to release, you know, all the resources, including women. Ah. And uh, lastly, uh, we've been able, you know, to to at least uh, cope with pain, suffering. So we are used to, we know how, <laughs> you know, to 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 face uh, the lack of jobs and uh, the lack of securities and all of that. So to us, you know, this pandemic is like a normal thing for us. Another normal thing is not. <laughs> because we are used to pain and suffering. So the Lord has helped us to endure and to cope, you know, during this the time of sufferings. Yeah, and that's interesting to hear you talk about how the, the country's kind of history with suffering and um, when things like the pandemic hit, you're not as rocked nearly, maybe, maybe as much as we are in the U.S. when we're, we take our comfort for granted, I think, a lot of the, the time. So while, while we're there, I'm curious, how has the pandemic affected you and, and your church? Oh, well, um, uh, by God's grace, it came as a surprise, but uh, also the Holy Spirit helped us, you know, to do something. The first thing where we just um, responded by uh, allowing uh, people uh, to lead groups because as you know with the lockdown churches and today even to that you know churches are still closed and then so we put uh, shepherds of shepherds in various areas and uh, they are uh, taking care of uh, God's people in their different settings you know praying and uh, doing Bible studies even everything is being done now through the uh, the leaders of uh, small groups so, so that's one thing and then secondly we we felt that we should use media media i mean radio because not everyone has access to internet but uh-huh. also those who have we've been able to send them every day you know biblical messages and through whatsapp those who can get it but also we are using the radio to send i mean the messages uh, to everyone or sometimes we just uh, use phones you know uh-huh. and the checking on people to know how they are doing yeah. uh, but besides that you know the economic situation many people don't have uh, food and all of that and they had no good jobs and uh, what to do so there we are trying to bring people together they will bring uh, you know some uh, resources uh, finances and then we share to the people and then by God's grace we receive also some help from a multiple so we were able to to buy food and then share to here in Kinshasa 52 churches so everyone received something so we thank God that we were able to do something not ministering to the people holistically during this time and uh, as you know we problem also in uh, their thoughts and minds and all of that uh, you know we're also bringing um, uh, 
um, biblical, theological, as well as uh, practical advices so that uh, the people can take care of themselves with uh, distancing themselves, wearing of masks and all of that, washing of hands. All these are being taught from mount to mount in various places where people are. Yeah, so it sounds, I mean, a lot of things are probably pretty similar around the world right now. We're all just having mm-hmm. to use whatever tools are available to try to get our message out there. So, and you, you were just talking about kind of that holistic approach to the gospel. And I know that spreading the gospel is something you're really, really passionate about. So can you tell us how, what does that look like in the Congo? And do you have anything that maybe has worked really well in your context that we think we can, we could Uh, apply here in the U.S. a little bit more? First of all, we take seriously the command of our Lord Jesus as stated in Matthew 28, 19-20, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything as the Lord Jesus said. So we take that uh, uh, seriously, and we are convinced that the time has come also for us, not just to be at the receiving end, but also a full participant into global missions. So this is what we are doing by God's grace. Two approaches are very important for us. Uh, The first one is a mission in the marketplace. So we believe that this is the area that we have to focus. So taking the gospel to government, uh, economy, education, and sport, and and all of that. So all and even in the families. And here, through discipleship, we bring principles and the practices of uh, the kingdom of the values of the kingdom of God as being shared from people who are in the marketplace. So that's where we focus more now how we can reach people in the marketplace and secondly cross-cultural mission by god's grace god has brought all people from the enriched group here we have the chinese the pakistanis the indians all these people are here in the congo so we came to the conclusion that it's also time for us to reach them with the gospel so broadly speaking we we do the three things very simple things we pray we mobilize, you know, finances and material for mission, and then we send. We send through the school, and we send the young people, our members of the church who are in the marketplaces. Uh, they, they can be in the politics, they can be in the university schools. They are the ones who are taking, you know, the gospel, not just through the values, but also we take seriously our own lives, you know. It's a big way of witnessing the gospel, the way we live, the way we testify about our Lord Jesus Christ. So this is what we are doing now. We take seriously the marketplace as well as uh, a cross-cultural mission, the people that the Lord has brought here in the Congo. Yes. That's awesome. So I'm, I'm curious if you have someone who, who lives nearby you or maybe they work in a similar industry or someone that you know who isn't a Christian yet. You, you talked a little bit about the kind of the holistic approach of maybe you try to meet their physical needs somehow, and maybe that's a way to start a conversation. Or would you invite them to your church? Or do you just start a personal conversation? Or what have you found 
What's a, what's a good way to kind of open that door in your, in your community? Okay, we are called to witness Christ wherever we are, you know. Yep. We are in a mission, you know, with God wherever, wherever. But whatever we do in the marketplace, of course, in uh, uh, we must relate to the church because, you know, that's uh, the, we need that backing, very important. But uh, it's important that wherever we are, that's our church. We must testify by doing the work very well mm-hmm. and the secondly uh, in the way of our behaving in our different uh, places uh, but also if the Lord gives us the opportunity to share uh, we can share also but we cannot begin by speaking let them see our way of life I tell you brother Matt there are people in our, um, um, our churches in these various uh, settings where they are working they call them pastors just by seeing their way of uh, living uh-huh. they call uh-huh. them pastors whereas they're not pastors they just lay people who uh-huh. take the gospel seriously they leave them and then people think that they are pastors but uh, okay. they are not wow. well, that's a good sign if someone if someone sees the way you're living and assumes you're a pastor that's it's probably a good thing. Exactly. And exactly. you mentioned you you spent, I think you said nine years in the U.S. When you, if you try to evangelize or just kind of live this way, did you notice? Was there a, a big difference between how that works effectively in the U.S. versus the Congo, or is it is it fairly similar? Oh, okay. I believe that there are two kind of uh, poor in the world: those okay. who are poor materially, mm-hmm. and those who are poor spiritually. All of these two groups need the gospel. Absolutely. So I believe in the U.S., most of people can be uh, rich materially, but they are poor spiritually, and mm-hmm. all of them they need the gospel. And then this, and many people may be poor materially, but rich spiritually. All of all of us, we need the gospel. So let's say much more openness on this side. I don't know for how I can explain that, but it seems like people are willing to listen to you and then to respond to the gospel much better than on the other side. But broadly speaking, uh, uh, nothing is impossible with God, and it's just a matter of listening to the Holy Spirit. You know, when we listen to the Holy Spirit, and He will lead us and guide us and give us right words to say, and like it or not, the kingdom is advancing. There are people that the Lord has chosen and set aside, and when in the right time we approach them with the right words from the Lord, they will respond. So um, Jesus is Lord, and He's building His church. He's drawing people to Himself, like it or not. There, the harvest is there, even in the Congo or in America or Canada, wherever the harvest is there. I believe. Yes, I believe you're right. And you said like it or not. I like it. <laughs> so uh, we were ta- I was talking to um, Don Morris when we were kind of getting ready to talk with you today. And he said that you had a story about when you were talking to some Congolese pastors and you encouraged them to eat more hamburgers. <laughs> can, can you tell us that story? What, 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 is, what was that lesson you were trying to teach to those pastors? <laughs> okay, this is a diaspora m- a mission. I, I would like my brothers and sisters who are following to know that this is the new trend for mission. 
As you see people moving all over the world, that's the trend, that's the new trend. And we have to follow that trend. And here I will um, uh, speak, uh, uh, let me speak uh, first of all to uh, the diaspora people, people who happen to be like in America. I see two responsibilities for them. First one, they have a responsibility from their home countries where they come from because they know the culture and they know the needs so they can minister by being there you know they can do short-term mission uh, uh, returning and bringing the gospel and also resourcing you know their local churches where they come from so that's the, the 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 first thing but the second responsibility is to their host countries where they are be it america or Canada or, uh, you know, Europe. So it's very, very, very important for them to know that they have the responsibility. God has brought them there so that they can be a blessing. They will become a blessing for the people, you know, in their host countries. So I suggest for them to know uh, the culture, get involved, and uh, pray for these uh, churches of, of their host countries, of course, and share the gospel and do the best, whatever they can do to emerge in that uh, community. That's why I said, there is no way for you, you are in America, instead of uh, eating a hamburger, which, you know, like is uh, the best of uh, the American culture. Here you are eating again, fufu. <laughs> fufu is the Congolese man food. It it means okay. you are not making an effort culturally to, you know, immerse yourself in uh, that uh, culture. So that's what I was challenging them to seize with their uh, culture back home and to make a great effort to live, uh, to understand, uh, and then uh, to 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 minister to the people where God is sending them. And now to the American churches. They, uh, here, they must know that uh, these are the people that God has prepared to help the American churches even right now. They must know that, uh, that this is a mission force that they cannot neglect. Instead, uh, they must know them. Secondly, they must pray for them. Thirdly, they must establish relationship with them. And then fourth, they must do their best so that they can be integrated in their community and then work together. They have uh, many things. They have many things that uh, the American people can, uh, churches can help them. Uh, for instance, many of them have the issues of homelessness, uh, uh, documentation issues, uh, bankruptcies, uh, sicknesses, uh, loneliness, uh, depression, trauma, and poverty. And even their children, you know, they don't know where to go. I think this is where the American church, they can come and then try to help uh, them. But the most important thing, I believe it's a time 
for the American churches, you know, to come along with these churches in evangelism, discipleship, church planting, community development, and then to work and to work together. Because I believe uh, this is the reason that the Lord brought them there. And they are trying also their best. They know a little bit of English, at how they can help them to, you know, to be speaking very well, and then how we can affiliate these churches that they are planting because of lack of resources. You know, these churches are are, are not surviving. But how they we can help them, and then to be affiliated with our churches. So this is how I see the trend that God is developing with. Uh, uh, this uh, diaspora mission. It's the future. It's the future of the church. Oh, that's good. That's really, that's good. Thank you for that insight. Yeah. So again, for a lot of the people listening, they probably don't really know very much about Congo or the, you know, your area of West Africa. So what are some, some crucial needs that you, you see in your community um, that we should just be aware of and that we can be praying for you and your church? What are some, some really basic or kind of problems that you're, you're seeing that need to be addressed? Okay, um, uh, Congo is in Central Africa. And uh, I can say uh, uh, Congo has uh, actually uh, 80 millions of uh, population and a big country, a big country in Central Africa. Our big problem as a country, as you know, we are uh, we are trying to survive in the midst of this uh, global world. You know, uh, issues of poverty uh, are rampant, jobless are rampant, and all of that. But uh, by God's grace, God is building His church. But the most important problems that I can mention here, like all over the world, is a problem of discipleship. So many people, we have so many converts, but uh, it's time to bring them so that they become true followers of Christ. So a challenge in discipleship uh, and the challenges for in leadership training, how to, how to train people who can take care of God's people, many, many of them. Okay, in the past, we used to train them in a formal way, you know, and uh, non-formal way, but we need informal way here. I mean, we need really to 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 train them in mentoring and all of that. So. Uh, leadership training and also finding, you know, scholarship, you know, beneficiate of help so that uh, many, many young people are being trained uh, by God's grace. But the issues of uh, community development, you know, uh, help people to solve their problems of poverty, uh, creating local resources and all of that, uh, and uh, to sustain their own life. That's also one of our uh, big problem, uh, but also the issues of uh, peace and reconciliation, like, uh, you know, all over the world, we need that so that uh, we can 
avoid the tribalism and uh, racism and, and all of that. So these are our main uh, issues. But broadly speaking, God is at work. And uh, as we um, see um, the church, the body of Christ as one body all over the world, that we have to bring all our resources together, praying together, sharing, you know, uh, resources together and for the same cause, the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, to go to the ends of the earth. Yeah, and speaking of that, we mentioned earlier that the the Congo is the second largest MB community in the world. And I know that evangelism and spreading the gospel is something that, as I can tell, is something that you're very passionate about. And I think you're, um, the Congolese churches are doing a very good job at that. Do you have any advice or anything, any inspiration that you can share? How can the American church do a better job at that? Like, it seems like we are um, just comfortable. We've done a lot of the things the same way we've done them for a long time. How can we as Americans be more inspired to share the gospel and sh- do a better job at evangelism that I think you are probably doing a better job than we are? Exactly. Uh, it's it's uh, um, uh, um, listening to the Holy Spirit and His guidance, you know, His leading. That's the most important thing. But I will suggest a few things. And here I see it's important, you know, to begin in our, to follow the pattern of Acts 1.8. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, which means that mission is local, national, at the continental level, but our destiny should be the ends of the earth. So this is not a process that we begin first in our Jerusalem. Once we are done, then we go, no. It's at the same time as we are at the local level, at the national level, at the continental level, we are also going big, I mean, at the global level. So I will recommend that let's go back to our local, in our families first. So evangelists must begin our families, you know? Parents sharing the gospel to their children, and then from families, how we can bring more families, and then from families, we come to the local church and see our neighborhood. So the time has come for us that wherever God has placed us, that's the place that we have to witness the, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not a matter of biological approaches or tribal approaches. No, wherever we are, we must think to the people around us. We must witness to them, of course, in word and in deed. Very important. As I said, also, uh, for us, uh, the mission is holistic. You know, taking seriously, of course, the physical uh, as well as the spiritual needs of uh, the people. Everything must go together. So let's keep sending, let's keep sending, and let's keep doing these uh, three things, very uh, simple one, praying, you know, uh, intercession at the global level. But of course, let's start, uh, let's keep mobilizing resources, but let's keep sending short-term emissions. We are open here, you know, uh, for uh, young people, of course, uh, to come. But beyond that, we want to see entrepreneurs, those who can come and help. We want to see engineers, those people who will come at that various, you know, level, whatever they can come and show us how we make money, 
how we can make profits, and then how we can do things on our own. We need also, it's not the old ways of just the people who are coming for the gospel. No, in their various activities, what they are doing there, they can come here, even in schools or nurses, and we need all these kind of people in the schools, as I said, so that's the trend, that's the trend. But as I said, let's go to the marketplace. Let's go to the marketplace and bringing the values and practices of the kingdom. And then through discipleship, those who are in these various settings must leave the light of Jesus Christ, witness uh, the gospel from their various places. I, I believe that's how the gospel will go forward. And uh, as I said, you guys come and also let us also come to you and uh, work closely with these uh, men and women that you see in the diaspora. Uh, they have a very good experience. Uh, try to help them um, uh, master the language and then give them opportunities and their children, uh, all of that uh, together. That's how the Lord uh, is going to bless us. You know, it, it now with uh, this uh, COVID-19, it shows that, uh, as I read uh, uh, Psalm 46, uh, the, the Lord is showing, stop and know that I am God. <laughs> I will be exalted yeah. among. So God wants people to know that he is the one who is in charge. He's the one who's running, uh, you know, the show, not uh, the people in America, wherever God is in charge. And he wanted to stop everything so that we listen to him. Is in control, and Jesus Christ is Lord, and He rules. And it, 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 these are signs also showing that very soon the Lord Jesus is coming back, brother. The Lord mm -hmm. Jesus Christ is coming back. We must be prepared and busy, busy for the kingdom that the Lord will use us. We have no time to waste. So our Lord is coming, and let's get involved in the kingdom spreading all over the world. That's what I can say. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think you're right that this this COVID season has kind of screeched a lot of things to a halt, which which forces us to slow down and maybe pause and remember that God is in control and he has, you know, all the plans lined out ahead of time. And sometimes we just need to stop and remember those things. So that's, that's a good exactly. direction. Exactly, exactly. So I know I want to make sure we get at least one more question in here. A few times you've mentioned the term diaspora. And I, I, before we spoke, I had to honestly, I had to look it up because I wasn't familiar with that term. So if someone listening hasn't heard that before, can you explain what that term means? Oh, okay. Diaspora. It means uh, beyond people who moved and they go to the other places. So that's diaspora. So they leave their home countries and they go to other countries uh, in search of, uh, you know, uh, way of life, maybe good living and all of that. They are now in the diaspora, gotcha. in abroad from their own uh, settings. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for clearing that up. And as as the world becomes more and more global, that's going to be more and more of the normal. I think of people leaving their home country because it's it's easier now than it ever has been for us to travel the world and to experience new cultures and to seek new job opportunities or whatever the the rationale is. Um, so yeah, that's 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 a good important thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I this always happens. Our time always goes way too fast here in Zuzi. And one thing I love is that we're 
we're at, just like we were saying, we're in an age and a season where, I mean, I'm in the middle of Kansas and you're in the middle of Africa and we can talk and we can, <laughs> we can learn from each other. There's a lot of things that I think the American church needs to learn from the African church. And hopefully we can do something to, to help you as well. And I, I hope that we continue that kind of global mindset. I think the MB churches have, are really doing a pretty good job of that where MBs around the world are working together to try to solve some big problems. And we try to resource each other and learn from each other. So I think, you know, it's cool that we can do a podcast and, um, you know, we can talk across the world and share some ideas and hopefully learn from each other. So um, thank you for your time today. As we, as we begin to wrap up, is there anything else you want to share with us today? Do you want me to pray? That would be wonderful. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Uh, mm, mm. Lord Jesus, I give you thanks. I bless you and I praise you for your loving kindness to us. Above all, dear Lord, I say thank you for dying for us. Thank you for suffering for us. Thank you for paying the cost, O oh Lord, for us. And we are grateful, dear Lord Jesus, that um, you are building your church, expanding the kingdom, and you are ruling and you are in control. Dear Lord, I'm so grateful for sending the Holy Spirit who's uh, leading us, who's guiding us. And thank you, dear Lord, that the harvest is there and you are bringing all of us together. I pray, dear Lord, that you will protect us, that you will use us, O oh Lord, for your glory and for your honor, Lord. We see, Lord, that the harvest is there and uh, you still need workers. Oh, Lord, raise men and women in America, even right now. Raise men and women in Africa, all over the world, oh, Lord. And uh, touch us with your love, Lord, and, uh, and send us, Lord, to go to the ends of the earth. Lord, thank you, thank you. I'm so grateful. Bless us and use us for your glory. Father, thank you, thank you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, Zuzi, thank you again. This has been a blast getting to know you and to chat a little bit. Thank you for again for your time today. Thank you for all that you're um, doing in your community there, leading locally, but also for, for teaching us in the States. And I hope that we can have another convention one of these days where you can come over here and we can hear from you in person. But thank you for your time today. Very, very grateful. For sure, for sure, for sure. I thank God. I thank God. Thank you for allowing me to share uh, this time with uh, my beloved, wherever they are. May I pray for them. I pray for America. I pray for uh, the world that the Lord will help us and sustain us for yes. his glory. Absolutely. And it's the same God, right? We've got the same, same Jesus, same God that we're serving here in America that you're serving. Today. Amen. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, Zuzi, blessings to you and your community. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Multiply is the mission agency of the MB Church in the U.S. and Canada. Our mandate is to help the church multiply disciples, churches, and missional leaders, and we are doing that in 65 countries around the world. Jesus said, I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. God has placed a desire within you to do something with your life that will matter for eternity. 
If we can help you or your church fulfill that destiny, contact us at multiply.net backslash contact. All right. Well, that was a great conversation. So my, many thanks to Nzuzi for spending some time with us. And man, isn't it just true that American English speakers just have the lamest accents? Like of all the accents of the world, you know, we just didn't get a very cool one. <laughs> Nzuzi is the best. So many thanks to Nzuzi for spending some time with us today. And again, I know um, for those of you who are hoping to the, go to the convention, this is obviously the week, if you're listening, the week that this got released, that we were supposed to be together. I know that many of you are probably um, being a part of some of the webinars and the Zoom calls that are going on this week uh, as part of the USMB gathering. So uh, shout out to those of you who have been involved with those this week. And next week, we are wrapping up this little series of podcasts that we've been doing featuring the speakers that were lined up for the convention. So next week, you will hear my conversation with Katie Cole, and she was great. I think it's another episode that you're really going to enjoy. So I encourage you to uh, join us again next Friday or whenever you're listening and uh, check out that episode as we wrap up those USMB gathering speakers. In the meantime, have a good one, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Lead Pods. Make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to our show wherever you're listening today. Learn more by visiting usmb.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll see you next time as we learn more practical tools to increase our impact together.